This is Making Stitches, and this time crochet designer, teacher and tech editor Jane Chaya shares her love of the craft. To me, it's like a good crossword arriving on my doorstep, because I, I can visualise it. I can see a pattern come through, even before I see the picture, and just read it through, and I can say, well, that's not right, that's not right. And then I'll, I'll look at the photograph and double check, but... Um, Crochet language is like a language to me, it really is, and that's what I love about it. Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay, a lifelong crafter, a crochet designer and journalist, and Making Stitches podcast gives me the chance to speak to fascinating creative people and share their stories with you. I do hope you enjoy listening to this creative chat today. Now, I first came into contact with Jane through some crochet design work I was doing for a magazine commission. Jane is one of those amazing people who can spot an error in a pattern and put it right. I have to admit, that's one area of design I don't enjoy. I have been known to put off checking patterns much in the same way that children put off doing their homework until the very last possible minute. I love the creative side, but the maths of it, it just doesn't fill me with joy. Hence the need for people like Jane. Jane has long been a crochet teacher. She has tech-edited crochet books, as well as Inside Crochet Magazine and Disney Crochet Magazine too. Jane ended up checking a few of my patterns earlier this year, and I asked whether she'd like to join me on the podcast to talk about her work. I was thrilled that she said yes. She started by telling me all about her creative past. Jane has been making throughout her life. As far as I can remember, I was crocheting and knitting and using bits of fabric from quite a young age, Um, 10 or younger, I don't know. I did it with my mum or she showed me. It was always something to relax to and um, do. Crochet and knitting were even Stevens um fabric as well um I had a proper job as well you have to don't you yes sadly <laughs> to pay the mortgage <laughs> so my proper job was computer programming and analyst so and lecturing to um graduates on COBOL so that was my proper job and then obviously you've got family life as well comes into it so I did a lot of making clothes if we talk about the fabric um well not necessarily about the fabric. I crocheted a pink trouser suit, which I'm meant to get down to hold up for you, but this isn't visual anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I've still got the crocheted pink trouser suit with bell bottoms that I used to wear. Um, I knitted a fair isle bell bottom trouser cardigan suit, long sleeve cardigan, just to give you an example, really. And um, I made a lot of dresses, you know, shift dresses and long dresses and whatever. So I don't know where I found the time, but I did. That was when I was not working with with small children. Um, so lots of patchwork after that, um, which was self-taught. And then I went on some courses. I didn't teach patchwork. I mean, the crochet just evolved more once I retired because I had more time to focus on it. You find the thing you really love, don't you? So crochet became the thing. And I really wanted to others to learn and love crochet like I did. And I did actually teach crochet in Milford in the 80s in an evening class. So I was already, that's backtracking a bit to the 80s, but I'd already done teaching beginners for two years 
In fact, the classes were so well um, supported that I did it twice a week for two years. So uh, that was fun. Anyway, so when I retired, I just wanted to, um, we moved down to Lewis. You know Lewis? Yes. And uh, I started, I went down and saw the lady in the patchwork dog and basket and got myself a little half a day a week uh, job in the patchwork shop because I was doing that in, in um, uh, Molsey. And then very quickly we got talking and she wanted to run some workshops. I said, well, I'll do your crochet one. So that's how my crochet workshops worked from when I retired. And I taught down there um, in the, her shop was in the Needlemakers. Do you know, Lewis? I don't know it particularly um, well, no. There's a big old building there in the middle called Needlemakers. It was a surgical needle factory. And then it became this complex of different shops. Lovely. If you ever go down there, it's worth going in there, all these little independent shops. Anyway, so we lived there for three years. And when we came back to Kingston, I had started my classes back up at Creative Quilting. I teach crochet at all levels in my workshop. I work on the basis, I don't give them a project that everybody's got to do the same. They bring what they want to do to the workshop. They let me know what they want to do and I teach them or help them in their own projects. So that's the way I run it and then everybody learns from everybody else's projects and it, it works really well. The first one I ran, which was, um, they then moved into advance really. In fact, now they know as much as I do, but they still, you know, we still find things out together. We meet in my house and one of the other girls' house alternate weeks now as a group, which is nice. Lovely. And we go on outings to wool shops. Oh! <laughs> Here's the next wool shop we're going to go to. And uh, we have a day out and go to a wool shop and have lunch. So that's brilliant. So that's what we do there. Um, the patterns I, I design and make are for the workshop um so we make something out of everything that we teach or i teach rather uh so with a beginner they will actually make a little purse they don't have to make it all but they've got the first few rows of it because mm. we might not get to making it all in a two-hour session but they have an they have an object in mind and not just making little bits of crochet you don't know what to do with i've done sampler oh behind this laptop whole pile of my samples i've done um sampler of stitches and i developed this for them that's just to show you oh um, that's beautiful you know, all, there's 36 squares of different um squares fabulous and yeah, with different. an idea that you can go on and make a scarf from them you make them into a square first make the sampler but you know, they're all multiples of stitches, so you could go on into a blanket, a scarf, or cushion, or whatever. So use them as basis. Mm. So I don't sell my patterns outside the workshop because they're normally workshop patterns, ones that I teach them and work through with them. There might be things I want to tweak, so I never actually sell them. But having said that, this I have got together as a booklet, and it's a download. And I have been selling it initially quite a number of copies I think it was in excess of 50 plus I didn't even count them wow. but it, it was good it worked really well and they still go back to them now I see them sitting there with their book I'm like, I want to do this you know in a in a scarf or whatever so that that's very good um I've also been a great fan of corner to corner yes I can as you can see behind yes, that was, I was in just going to say crochet, the one you see <laughs> And this one hasn't been. I use this in the workshop. 
And there again, um, they get a chart and a bit of a lesson from me how to do it. But they, they, they can do, well, yes, they can do corner to corner, some of them. We mm. haven't really gone into that yet. Be a bit late for Christmas, let me hurry up with that one. Um, uh, well, our, our paths crossed through um, your tech editing work that you do because you, you were tech yes. editing some patterns that I designed. So can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up going into the tech editing side? Right. That is me now. Yes, I started tech editing by working closely with Nikki Trench. Have you heard of yeah, Nikki Trench? I have Trench? indeed, yes. I'm sure you have. She lived down in Lewis, not far from me. I don't think that was why we got together it was nothing to do with me living close but I'm not quite sure how it happened but um, she was um, designing books with Seco books and she asked them to use me when doing her books I think we had met up before I mean it's such a long time ago now and uh, they agreed so I've did a number of books with her and it wasn't just getting the patterns like I do now to tech edit it was also making she'd get me to make up samples for her book so she'd sketch out the pattern she'd want me to tech edit it and um, make up some of the samples not all of them and she'd actually send me the samples by post so I was checking the pattern against the sample which is not what I do at the moment I check the pattern against the photos quite happy to do either way around so uh my my name is in her some of her books, some of her early books as um, the pattern checker. But uh, she's made some lovely books and continued to do that. Um, but now that moved on into approaching Inside Crochet and, oh, I've worked with them for, I can't remember, <laughs> quite a few years. And I've had a patterns in there couple of years three a year maybe since then and um so i get patterns from them each month uh three maybe four patterns and then um actually yes the disney hatchets disney crochet magazine approached me about a year ago and they had been recommended to me by Nikki Trench I think they'd asked Nikki Trench and she said oh why don't you ask Jane so I've been heavily involved with that as, as you know um, uh, for this last year and so it goes on because there's still more coming so that's brilliant that's so amazing. that's that's quite a um, it, it's a busy job mm. it's not one I don't like it's one I really love because to me getting a pattern through the post or of a crochet pattern that needs looking at because I check it for their lingo as well as uh, whether the pattern actually works mm. and then contact the designer if it's not working and just check with them my changes I never change make a, a change like that without going back to them um, but to me it's like a good crossword arriving on my doorstep because I I can visualise it. I can see a pattern come through even before I see the picture and just read it through and I can say, well, that's not right, that's not right. And then I'll, I'll look at the photograph and double check. But um, crochet language is like a language to me. It really is. And that's what I love about it. So, um, yes, I love my technical editing. So long may that reign. That's fascinating um, to hear because that's that's something that I find really hard 
the pattern checking and uh, you know trying to make sense of the the language of the crochet. Um, yes, I I I struggle with that. I'm not particularly mathematical, and uh, perhaps your background in computing and such like helps you in that regard. So it's fascinating to see your face just light up at the thought of of looking at patterns because <laughs> mine doesn't. <laughs> I get some through the thing. Oh, I'm going to start it. No, I don't have to start it now. <laughs> have a quick look. <laughs> yes, well, talk about the maths. Yes, you see the maths is there with assembler programming particularly because assembler is a machine language. Mm. Um, COBOL is a, a language above it. Um, so, yes, I was doing assembler right in the systems program. So, yes, maths is very close to my heart. And um, I always make them laugh in the workshop. You know, have you counted? You one stitch out, you're supposed to count after every row. <laughs> Don't lose a stitch. <laughs> and um, the other thing is um, I have people coming to me to the workshop who can't read patterns. I was picking up on something you said. And uh, they can crochet um, somewhat, but they can't read a pattern properly. Mm. So a lot of it is teaching people how to read a pattern because they are so difficult. I mean, you pick up an American pattern, you don't know, do you, unless um, unless you know that their DC, yes. I have to think about this before I say it, their DC is our treble. And Absolutely. the only clue you can have in that, if you look at a pattern and you're not sure and it's full of DCs, is this a DC or a treble? If you look at the beginning of the, of the row, if it's three chain, you know it's a treble. It's, there, it's American and it means a treble. That's and then the other way of knowing is if it's got double crochet in their pattern, it'll be SC. So you have those two big clues, but it doesn't necessarily help you wade your way through an American pattern. Other, I'm, I'm being a bit unfair there. They they are the same really, other than that, I suppose. Um, but there are other patterns. People will take patterns down from the internet and haven't got a problem with that. But they are. Um, not necessarily correct or very well written and um, somebody will come to me oh I've got this lovely pattern and I can't make it work and I'll say well there's this this and this that's why mm. um, and we work through it but um, yes but having said that there are mistakes in magazines that are published as well I came yes. across one the other day yeah which I will be nameless but um, yes so one of the class was doing that and there was a stitch missing which which was the key to it so um, but I love doing that. <laughs> Looking for the it's needle like, in the haystack. <laughs> that's right. See what's wrong. You know, I read through and I think, oh yeah, that's not right. And it's just, yeah. I have to say, I, I in my early days of, uh, well, I learned to crochet as a child, and then in my sort of adult life, when I went back to it, it was by mm. looking at. I, I retaught myself um, by watching YouTube videos, so I didn't yes. follow a pattern with that. But then when I got into downloading patterns off the internet and stuff, I did come unstuck quite a few times with not knowing the difference between the UK terms and the American terms. And I think that that is quite a common issue that people stumble across when they're quite new to it. Yes, that's true. Um, I've... I, if you go on the YouTube, so many of them aren't good in the way that when you look at it, you're 
you don't see it from the right angle. They're not showing you from the right angle. You know, they're, they're good because the likes of you and I can look at it and work out what they're doing. But for a beginner, they're not um, because you need to be that right angle. Mm. So I still think the sit by Nelly approach, as they say, is the best way to learn. But obviously, there's not enough people around to teach you. But um, yes, there is one person um, who... I recommend on YouTube. I think she's very good. Is Bella Coco, mm-hmm. and um, she is amazing. And I I recommend her to my students definitely because that's who they can go to in between our workshops. Although they're always in touch with me by message and whatever. And we have a we have a WhatsApp where they can show and tell in between the lessons, and um, you know be in touch with everybody so it's a very very friendly workshop I run but we are limited to six people because of the size of the room mm. but um that's fine that's oh, not that a sounds problem. wonderful what do you think it is about crochet that makes you so enthusiastic about spreading the love and because uh, you are evangelical about it by running your classes <laughs> and, and and everything that you do um Oh, gosh, that's a good question, isn't it? I think it, well, I think it's easy to to take everywhere. It's a good for mindfulness. Um, I know if I'm stressed, which I think we all are at some stage, um, sometimes I'm constantly stressed. But if you sit down and do some crochet, it, it takes your whole mind over because you're counting for a start. <laughs> you have to count, um, follow the pattern. But even if you're following your own pattern, you're concentrating. It, it occupies your hands in a way. Well, I think knitting probably does a similar thing. It's a long time since I've done any knitting. Uh, but yes, I would think knitting. But I think with crochet, you get more variety of what you can do. You can make flowers and small items and amigurumi and all those sort of things far easier than with knitting with two needles. So... I don't know whether that answers your question. I don't know. It's, I would say I think so. Because, because I enjoy it so much and I find it so relaxing as such an addiction, I want everybody else to get addicted. I think that's um, that's true to say. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few people around this area that have um, copied me, definitely. You have spread the love, that's for sure. <laughs> I have spread the love, yes. I love the love. <laughs> You're listening to Making Stitches, a podcast celebrating creative crafts and inspiring makers. This podcast is supported by the Making Stitches shop on Etsy, where you can find Making Stitches podcast tote bags, badges and stitch markers, along with a few of my crochet patterns for sale too. Just search for Making Stitches shop on Etsy. Now back to more creative chat. are inspired by colour and yarn and stitch so when we have our trips to the wool shop the girls and I although they've closed a lot of them now so that makes it much harder um, I will be inspired by a ball of wool and try several things and what am I going to do with this and that's how my design happens Um, or a stitch I might think oh I love that stitch I'll do it in that stitch and patterns I submit you know when you get from a magazine um, you've had this, you get, oh, this is the, the colour um, chart that we've, colour board that you can look at and we want 
these sort of subjects and send us a sketch and everything. Um, well, I send them the finished item because I don't work that way around. I work the other way around. Never worked that way around. The finished item often fits the subject, so that's fine. Yes. And the other thing, Just Hands On TV, have you heard about them? No, I haven't. Just Hands On TV is um, started up, oh, Val will kill me for this because I can't remember how long ago now, but she owns the um, creative quilting shop. She was the one that started it all up um, and that's where I used to get my courses and that. Anyway, she's now heavily involved in Just Hands hyphen on TV and it's you subscribe to it monthly and there are videos on how to do all sorts of patchwork because she's a patchwork queen and uh, she asked me it was pre-covid just pre-covid would I do some crochet videos on her with her so we've had two or three filming sessions and um you can see all, you can you can't see my videos unless you're a member, unfortunately, but they are on there. But there is a taster available. Um, you can go onto their site and not be a member and see some tasters and all the best bits probably, <laughs> the best angles. And they're also on YouTube. I discovered you type in Jane Chaya, C Z A J A. And I come up with some YouTube tasters of those videos. So, uh, yes, that's another arm for her and the knitting. Yes. Knitting's not mine, but um, yes. Oh, and I've just remembered, I've just started a, it's not as if I haven't got enough to do. I, <laughs> I went to the library and said, how about me starting up a, um, would you, you know, a sort of crochet knit chat group, not a knit and natter, but a crochet chat. So I've put knit in there as well, because I can knit, although I don't do that anymore. So that started the second Saturday of this month, September, uh, one and a half hours at Kingston Library. And it's going to be the second Saturday of every month up till Christmas. And then we see how it's going. Oh, wonderful. But, um, that'd I, I be can, nice, you know. I can I put links I, to that in the uh, in the show notes for this. So if you've got people listening who are local to you. Yes, they can, they can I can send along. you the little poster photograph that they did. You can, if that yeah, is something, absolutely. Post. So, um, yes, I, that follows me wanting to share my crochet with everybody, <laughs> not let anybody escape. And a couple of weeks ago, there was a neighbour. She'd been saying for ages, "Oh, I want to go to crochet, and I haven't got time." And I pinned her down in the summer holidays. Oh, I'm not sure I can do this, but she did. She did it in two hours. She'll probably listen to this podcast. Um, she In two hours, she was away. And she doesn't need me anymore. Wonderful. Which is brilliant. So yes. you were saying before that you get inspired by colour or, or the texture of a yarn. Um, what kind yes. of things do you design? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I design the corner-to-corner pictures uh i might have exhausted those now as much as i always do a certain size and um i had somebody was saying to me the other day or oh, when are you going to do another topic i tried to do autumn but i couldn't come up with enough squares and then i got onto something else i have about five or six or seven projects going at a time i'm trying very hard to go back to some of them and use up some of my yarn but it's so difficult for 
example, I saw a cardigan that I liked in crochet, which I started off the way they did, but I'm not doing it the way they did. I change it as I go along. And that was some super chunky yarn, which um, I bought in a sale to, I think it was about five or six balls to make a baby blanket sometime because it's lovely. Anyway, I was looking around my room and I thought, hmm, I think um, I'll make a cardigan with that. So when I saw that pattern, that would do well for the cardigan. So I want to finish the back of the cardigan, see how many balls it takes and see whether I can get some more on the internet, which I think I can. I looked it up and I don't know how many. Not sure that answers your question. Um, I don't know. I I bought this yarn, which is um, marble, I think, and it just seemed right to do a circle with it to bring oh, out. Yeah. I think I design what brings out the colours in the right place, and because this is a varied yarn, and I know people on podcasts can't see me, but. Um, the colours that come will come so that it gives it a nice circle. Um, I went for, I mean, my patterns aren't necessarily unique. Some of them are. I love the granny, some of the granny square pattern, granny stitch patterns, I'll correct myself. And I, I skirt around those for, for new ideas and the rectangle square well it's not a square is it the rectangle (laughs) rather than a square blankets are lovely um i think when i was making triangles i would think how many what i could do with them and one of the patterns in inside crochet was the um triangles the, the six triangles that go together to make a hexagon cushion and i put bubbles on the end so but i didn't set out to put bubbles on the end of each corner but I did and as I say it evolves as I progress I get inspired by um I've got a lot of the stitch craft colors there behind me no behind you when we're talking and um that inspires me I've got them color coded and I'll look over there and think oh yes those go together set them out, leave them there, come back to them a couple of weeks later, you know, and do something. At the moment I'm making, well, I've finished my goddaughter's one. She's just turned 19 and uh, she's off travelling at the moment, gone to Cyprus, but she'll be back for her blanket. I finished hers. And then my uh, godson, her brother, is uh, was 15 this week and I've made him one for Christmas as well, in, using the same yarn but in a different colour. And I'm doing squares there, um, and I was inspired for those by the jewel spun, which was in Inside Crochet, as um, called Colours of the Day. And uh, that was a particularly good shade that I chose because it could give me Colours of the Day. This is amazing how I'm playing with two of the other colours I think I need something like 81 squares I've done the squares bigger just to change them Mm. make a bit of a change from the other one so I'm not doing the same thing so I've done 81 for Daisy and 81 for Jack and um, they're going to have a nice big blanket for for uh, Christmas and then I'm making a different one for their stepsister so I didn't want her to be left out so that's my big mission before Christmas Jack's I've got how many more I've got Four more squares to do. Yippee. Oh, you're nearly there. So by Sunday, I can can take over the dining room table on Sunday (laughs) and lay them out. Because Jewel Spun is is a very interesting yarn. 
Um, and um, yes, and the, then I can finish the other one. I've done lots of squares for that, and then that will be there. I think it'll be done by Christmas. Wonderful. I'm dying to get up to something else. I really am, which hence start the... Um, what did I start last night? I can't even remember what I started last night, but at the cardigan I'm I'm on at the moment. And, uh, yeah, just get on to something else, but not necessarily go back to some of the projects that are unfinished. <laughs> start something new first. That is so reassuring, Jane, because, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. <laughs> I find it very hard to also repeat things. I don't know about you. That I mean, obviously you're doing three blankets, but I find if I if I do a pattern, I don't really want to revisit it and do it again. I want to because there's so much possibility and there's so many you know wonderful patterns out there already, as well as the creativity that we have ourselves. It seems a shame yes. to to double up on something really. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And I think the thing about the jewel spun is I've chosen two different shades and they're coming up different. And because the square each time comes up looking different, I find that gives me the variety. So I'm not doing the, I'm doing the granny treble square for those. Well, like the colours of the day, which is in inside crochet. Um, but yes, so at the moment, I oh, I know what I was doing. One of the girls at the um, workshop picked up in um, Simply Crochet uh, squares where you make 16 squares into a little purse made out of scraps. And she did that. And I thought, oh, that's lovely. And I took it to my other workshop and somebody there is doing it as well because it's, it's a good little three round. It's not really a granny square. There's some other little clusters in there. So that's taught her a lot. So I came home that day um, and uh, I thought, hmm, this is thinking laterally, you see. I thought, I've got those squares up there in a box. I've got roughly the right number. They were leftovers from me making a blanket for baby blanket ages ago, a long time ago. I've still got the baby blanket. But I'd made it up again, some other squares in different colours. But then, like you say, because they were similar, I got fed up with it. Mm. So I found I got 16. Isn't that amazing? That's Fabulous. all I needed. I've made this bag, which is bigger and different because I've changed how you finish it off and I've given it a handle and I've got a little shoulder purse. And then I thought, oh, I think there's a different colour range up there. I don't think I've got 16, but I had 14, so I had to finish two of them. I've crocheted them together, so I'm on a mission to have two bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was written in the stars then if you opened the box and found 16 there waiting. It was just, just waiting for you, the right moment. <laughs> Well, I've been I've been looking at those now and again. When I when I tidy up my room, which is not that often. Well, I don't keep it that untidy. But when I'm pulling out samples all the time, I have to have a tidy up to get them back in the same spot and also so I can see where they are. Um, I see that box, and you know how you've got something on the shelf and you think, mm, not going there. Pandora's mm. box. You know what's in there. And sometimes I've looked at it and thought, mm, I must be able to do something with sixteen. Can't quite see what. And then suddenly. From somebody, that's how I get inspired. Somebody doing something else. Yes, I can make a purse from that and uh, actually use it. So, um, And I love bright colours. So there's a sort of um, pink. One of them is a pinky colour. The other one is, is soft and creamy, which would be nice in the summer. When we get the summer back again next year. Fabulous. Oh, Jane. Mm. 
Oh, it's been so inspiring listening to you talk about <laughs> about your love of crochet. Thank you so much for yes. for taking the time to speak to me. It's been it's been fascinating and and so enlightening to see you know your love mm. of, of of the maths behind the beauty of crochet as well. Yes, yes, definitely that is a basis for mine. And also, if you if you have time, if you look on just hands. Um, my initial interview with Val is on there and you'll get another feel for some of my projects will be, she shows, you know, cause it's visual there as well. So you'll see some of the projects and any background I've forgotten to tell you. Fabulous. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much, Jane. I really appreciate your time. Cause I know I can see you've told me how busy you are. <laughs> it's all right. You're very, very welcome. Thank you again, Jane, for sharing your love and enthusiasm for crochet with me. If you'd like to see some of Jane's work, you can find her links in the show notes for this episode. And you can also find the details for Jane's crochet and chat group that she runs at Kingston Library. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. I really do enjoy making them and it means a lot to know that that enjoyment's being shared with you. That's all for this time. I will be back again in two weeks time with another inspiring creative chat. Until then, though, do look after yourself and enjoy your crafting.